All right. Well, it is the last night of Fuse in this room, and then um, next school year, we will um, kick it back off. Anyone coming back next school year for Fuse? I don't think there's any seniors in the room, um, unless I'm wrong. Um, And so anyway, next week, we're uh, doing our dodgeball dodgeball battle, and Kona Ice will be out here. So uh, that is a bring your friends kind of moment. Um, and so if you've got a lot of friends you want to bring, bring them because we have plenty, plenty to have. We'll have the pizza and all that stuff as well. So, um, listen, we are wrapping up a series, uh, called habits. That's no shock to you. If you've been around, we've been talking about spiritual disciplines. Some of you have been waiting for tonight because tonight you get to, uh, vote on what happens to me if I don't come through on my, my health challenge. Now, if you haven't, if you haven't been around, uh, let me catch you up. We have been talking about spiritual disciplines. We've been talking about prayer, uh, scripture memorization, having a quiet time. Uh, last week, Eli talked about kind of the need for accountability and community and confession and all of those things um, that are probably not common in your life. And that's because you quite, aren't quite there yet, and that's, that is okay. But those are things that we want you to maybe step into. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about serving. Um, there's different ways we give. Um, some of us give um, financially uh, with our money. If uh, you've ever been in church and you've heard the, kind of the term tithing, that means 10%, um, that people come together and they give 10% of their, their income to make the church work. This is a shock to some of you. But um, I've had to um, have the, I've had the opportunity to teach students that um, the church gets its money. Does anybody want to take a, a crack at this? From us, we're all a part of this together. I've had a lot of students have kind of this mistaken idea in their head that um, the government makes churches work, and that is couldn't be further from the truth. Um, we have one little blessing called um, uh, tax exemption, meaning we don't have, when we go to Walmart, we don't have to pay tax. We fill out a little form, but that's it. Like, we don't get money from the government or anything like that. It's you and me giving of our, of our money to collectively make this thing happen. You're a part of a really, really generous church when it comes to giving money. And there's moments where we give money to church planters and missionaries and local organizations, food pantries. When we, um, this Sunday, we're going to have a truck out here from Second Mile. And you've heard of Second Mile before. They do all kinds of great ministry work. People are going to give uh, home goods to that. If you want to learn more about that, our website has more. We're not here to talk about that. But there's things, that, things and money that you can give. You can also give um, kind of of your talents, your energy, you show up and you serve. A lot of your parents serve in the church. Some of them work um, greeting people on Sunday morning or they teach a class or they volunteer with uh, preschool kids or students. Um, Some of them volunteer in different capacities as deacons or as um, different people. So um, there's lots of things to be done in the church. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now here's what's interesting. If I can just say it this way, last night of like, as far as like worship services of Fuse, I understand that me talking about you helping other people and not getting paid for it is not like, woohoo, can't wait because there's probably a chance that you don't love the idea of like mowing the lawn for free or 
making your bed for free or like picking up around the house. But you know what's interesting about those chores that you do at home is that they have to get done. You know what's interesting about the clothes that you're wearing, if they're clean, and I know some of you have like questionable hygiene practices because I've hung out with you long enough and I've been on trips with you and you're like, oh, I forgot my deodorant. I'm like, have you ever used deodorant? Let's be honest. Just kidding. That got personal. I'm sorry. Um, but it's funny because it's true. Um, the, the fact is that you have clean clothes on your body. Why? Most likely because someone in your house did the laundry and you have the things that you have most likely because someone provided for you. You have meals, you have a room, you have air conditioning in your house, uh, hopefully if you live in Houston, Texas, um, and all those things because someone did that. Now, it's interesting that um, how many of you would just raise your hand and say, yeah, I have chores. I have chores to do in my house. Yeah. Yeah, Eli said yes, because you live alone, and that's you do all the chores, right? And that's, and that's your stage of life. Um, we... My wife and I do lots of things to make our house run, and, and we have three boys that have varying degrees of involvement and chores because we all have to take part. We all have to take part. And the church is no different because this church wouldn't be a church if it was just Greg Mott screaming at Sienna from the loop, right? Would that work? No, there's lots of people that get involved, even if it was just Malcolm here. It was just Malcolm Marshall. It was just the one person, just lonely, just, you know, he's got to welcome people, and then he's got to come up, and he's got to play guitar and drums and all this kind of stuff at the same time. He's also got to do the offering. He's got to babies. And we all have to do kind of our part. Does that make sense? And so what's interesting is that I remember what it was like to be in your seat and to have literally no clue that it was ever my job to help out in that way because I was lazy. Anyone else want to just say, I self-describe as lazy. Anyone? Yeah, a little bit. And we can all be lazy at times. But I would say that I was a pretty lazy teenager. And there was no, like me, like looking around and noticing, oh, it looks like I could help. Can I help? The words, can I help, never came out of my mouth as a teenager, ever. Oh, you look like you need help. Can I be of assist? Never. And I was not a model teenager. But I loved my youth group. I loved my youth group so much. And I didn't know what it took to make a youth group happen. It seemed like it was really chill. There was just like pizza there. And there was a guy teaching us a lesson. There were some people leading us in music a lot like this, okay? And there were some adults that showed up. And I was like, huh, they must just be bored on a Wednesday night and have nothing to do. It's not the case. It's not the case. And so all these things happened, and I grew in my spiritual walk because these people invested in us over and over, and they showed up all the time. In fact, I've got a picture I want to show you, because after I graduated high school, I got to be involved in that student ministry. That is me on the left, and that's my youth pastor on the right. I may have shown that picture to you before. If you're wondering why I need to go on a personal health challenge, exhibit A, <laughs> Through Z, there's all you need to see. Um, and so that's me and my youth pastor. I want to tell you about my youth pastor, Danny. This guy is like my number one uh, spiritual influence outside of my own mom and dad. Like, this is the one. This is the one. He was my youth pastor, and he didn't even show up in my life until I was like a sophomore, uh, maybe even a junior in high school. 
And so he showed up. He loved teenagers, loved the Bible, and was just helping us learn how to figure out our relationship with Jesus. So this version of Mark, um, Christy, maybe you can help me out. This would have been the summer after my freshman year, sophomore year, 2002. It's either summer 2002 or summer 2003. How many of you were not alive at that point? Wow, that's awesome. So glad. Um, And so um, this was me helping out at a retreat. And this wasn't the first retreat I was a part of, but I want to tell you about the first retreat I was a part of. I came back from college, and they were going on a ski trip, and he said, hey, Mark, would you go? We need a leader for a group of guys. Would you want to help? And I said, absolutely. That sounds like a blast. I've been skiing once, so I'm a pro. (laughs) Uh, Not true, but I went. And I want to tell you that I, um, something unlocked for me on that trip, because not because I was in charge for the first time, not because I got to be like a leader and in charge and got to tell people what to do. That wasn't it at all. It was I started to see ministry from, from the other side of it. So right now, you're seeing um, leaders, right? You're seeing um, small group leaders on Sunday or, or people that have been invested in your life. And when they invest in your life, I want to tell you, I want to tell you you're a part of a great church because they love you and, they, and it doesn't matter what you do. They love you and they're going to continue loving you. Because, because why? Because one day you're going to be that somebody for somebody else. And it's just because when I am thankful for the thing that's been handed to me, all of a sudden, I kind of want to hand that to others. If you ever wonder why Christy and I, Eli and I, right, Eric, the whole team that's all here, why we're here is because we want to hand something. It's kind of like passing a baton. We want you guys to have something that was graciously given to us. I can think of men in my life that showed up as small group leaders that weren't paid a dime to come hang out with teenagers. I can think of a guy named Mike Wigan. I can think of a guy named Rick Cummings. I can think of a guy named Dave Farwell. All these different guys like, were like, I want to invest in you. And it wasn't, I wasn't paying them money to invest in me. I wasn't paying them money to help me do something or learn something. They were like, hey, I want to help you. And you know why? Because someone helped them. Serving, this word serving is kind of like kind of a lofty idea that you may not uh, be super familiar with, but you are a part of a, a church that's big on serving and big on missions. Now, when you hear the word missions, how many of you would raise your hand and say, when I hear missions, I think somewhere not in the United States. Is anyone like, you go straight to like Africa or Europe or South America or something? Or when you think of missions, do you... How many of you are like, when I think of missions, I do think about the things that happen right here in our neighborhood. Anybody? So it's really difficult for us to think about our neighborhood or our school or our even even own home when we think about missions. But when you think about serving, just think about it this way. What are some things that you think Jesus came to teach us and exemplify? I mean, number one word is probably love. Sacrifice, surrender. Anybody else got a good word? Things that you think Jesus came to teach. Just one word. Just shout it out. Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. 
faithfulness. So there's a, there's a Bible verse in the book of Ephesians, uh, no, Philippians, excuse me, that says, Jesus gave us this example. And Jesus' example was he, was he came, he was born. He didn't even have to be, like he chose to come and be a human. Being a human for Jesus was like, had been awful because he came from being like up in heaven where everything is perfect. So he came to be a human for a period of time, 33 years-ish, you know, and, and at the end of that 33 years, he would die. And so it's like, you've heard this story a million times. He'd die, he'd raise again three days later. That death and that resurrection paid the price for our salvation, right? We've talked about that multiple times over the course of this school year. But it's interesting. He didn't have to do that. He did it because he wanted to. He did it because he loved us, and he did it because everything about Jesus is motivated by love and service. Now, he's also king and lord, right? He's in charge. Like, he's both king and in charge, and he's also like our friend and a helper and a savior, and so it's interesting that someone would, who would be in charge would say, I need to stoop all the way down to be born as a baby in a, in a pig pen, basically, and to be a human, tempted by sin, going through hunger and thirst and stress and fear and all that kind of stuff that, that tempts us, yet he never sinned, never sinned. So this verse in Philippians chapter 2 says he did all of that. And you know what we should do? We should follow his examples. Now, if you're not a Christian in the room, I'm not expecting you to follow his example. He, had, he said some good things. He did some good things. But if you're not a Christian, if you don't call him Lord and Savior, then that's not for you. The book of Philippians says, hey, church people, he's our example. And so we ought to follow him. Now, teenagers aren't necessarily like, who can I serve? How can I help, right? Some of you are going to use that phrase for the first time this week after I challenge you, how can I help? And it's going to be amazing, and you're not going to want to. Sometimes you've got to make yourself do it to kind of start getting used to it. Here's a verse I want to show you. This is just like very simple tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's going to talk about uh, spiritual gifts. And we're just going to read like four verses, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. So it's going to say, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there's a varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's a varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Leave that slide up there, if you will, Kyle, for me. Um, I love that last verse, verse 7. To each, and he's talking to Christians because he's talking to the church. He's not talking to non-Christians. Technically, if you want to learn, and you can read in the Bible, and I can show you this later, but Christians are the ones who are given spiritual gifts. And so you're saved and then automatically, there's something in your heart that's given to you to serve others. Now, you're not probably flexing that muscle yet. It's kind of like when you're born as a baby, you have like muscles, and I don't exactly know the science of it, but you have the foundation for the muscle, muscular system and all that. So do babies have biceps like Eli Ruddle? No, right? Um, 
He's so excited. Don't talk about me and my muscles. Um, so no, like you learn to grow those things. But babies are born with that capacity. And over the years, they, you know, if you've ever watched a baby, like learn how to like do simple things like roll over or like push up off of the ground or to crawl and then to walk, you know, those things, they have to like, it's kind of like they've got to, they've got to learn. Christians have to learn too. So if you're a Christian, what the Bible says is that you have gifts that are specific. Wow, that word is so hard to say tonight. Specifically meant to be used for the common good. You know what the common good is? Everyone else. Like the common good. I want you to track with me. I want all eyes on me for just one second. If you are a Christian in here, you have spiritual gifts and their sole purpose, their only point is to serve the church and to serve those around them. And honestly, to serve people who aren't in the church. But I'm saying spiritual gifts are used to serve the church. Now, what happens if you have muscles that you never flex? Well, they kind of shrivel up and they're just kind of nothing. And I would even say they're not used for their purpose. In the Christian realm, Here's what I learned when I went on a retreat to be a leader or a servant for the first time and I said something unlocked in me. I realized that everything that had been handed to me, I was supposed to then hand off to other people. Okay? Christianity, if you boil it down, it's not like take care of yourself and then like and then everything's good. Take care of yourself and then I'm just kind of kind of like tunnel vision, my own life. It's all about me. Christianity is all about service and surrender and love. And love, for sure, take care of yourself, right? But as much as you take care of yourself, there's, how many verses are there in the New Testament that say, as love means you taking care of other people as much as you take care of yourself. As much as you're concerned about like, man, I'm really hungry, I want to eat. What if you were concerned about making sure everyone else had what they needed? As much as you're concerned about having everything that you want, what if you're concerned about what other people need? And so you've given this spiritual gift to serve the church. There's two quotes I want to put up uh, for you tonight. One by Alistair Begg. He's a pastor. He said, it's impossible to serve God without serving one another. Why do you think that's true? Think to the basic, basic point of Christianity, yeah? Yes. What did Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Yeah. So greatest commandment, specifically, love God, right, with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, all that kind of stuff. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to boil all of Christianity down, it's love God and love your neighbor as yourself. I just want, I just want you to hear me say this right now. This is, no, this is not a guilt trip. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror right now, and I need some work in this area. I don't, I don't love many people like I love my... Hey, EJ, can you all chill back there? Thank you. It's distracting. Thank you. I don't love many people like I love myself. I'm very concerned with what I need and what I want. I'm very... I, I orient my whole world around what I want. And when I get what I want, do you know what happens to my heart? It's not joyful. I turn kind of sick. You know why? Because 
We weren't made to only be about us. We were made to be in community. Eli did a great job teaching us about that last week. We were made to be in community. But if all of us are in community and we're only focused on our own wants, our own needs, our own desires, that doesn't work. What happens in that society? What happens in that community? Selfishness tears relationships apart. You know, what you want rubs up against what I want and the two clash. But what happens if there's a community of people that are like, I'm out for your needs, Do you know what happens if there's a community of people that are out for my needs? I don't have to worry about my needs being taken care of because that means I'm getting served as well. Now, that's that's kind of maybe expanding your brain capacity a little bit. But I want you to think about that. What would happen? And I want to boil it down to this student ministry. I talked about this with the middle school guys on Sunday. We're going to be a student ministry who gets each other's backs. We're not going to hurl insults at each other. We're not going to trip each other up. We're not going to make fun of each other. Listen, everyone is welcome here. I don't care what your hang-up is, but this is going to be a student ministry where we support each other. And if someone brings a friend, we welcome that friend. We welcome new folks, and we show love to those who are all here, okay? And when a student ministry or when a church turns inward and starts saying, like, no, this is all about me and what I want, we start to get that like heart sickness that we were never created for. This other quote that I wanted to show you is a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This guy was a Christian in the middle of World War II, and he was one of the guys who helped um, to hurt Hitler from the inside. Check this quote out. The church is the church only when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ, which is to exist for others. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, most of us don't exist for others. Most of us are very good at focusing on ourselves. And let me tell you, like, me too. Me too. But I want to challenge you to think about what it might look like to take some time out of your day, out of your week, out of your month, to focus on someone else. Now, I've told you that this, um, this series, we're going to give you guys challenges. Tonight is a big night. I'm so glad you're here because tonight I'm going to give you the chance to commit to one of these habits. And maybe for you, like, hey, you know, I'm not really good at praying. I'd like to, like, practice that this summer on my own. And I'm going to give you a chance to try that. Some of you are going to say, like, you know what? The one about scripture memorization really bugged me because I don't know scripture and I really want some of that in my head and in my heart because I really struggle with knowing exactly what, what verses to cling to. Maybe that's for you. Maybe some of you are like, I want to go deeper in a relationship with someone. I don't mean boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean in a, like a trust scenario where you're able to lean in and say like, hey, I need you to kind of help me in this area because I trip up. I had an accountability partner. I could preach a whole sermon on my accountability partners in high school and the things that we talked about where we trusted each other, kind of like Eli said. Some of you have those deep trusting relationships where you can, um, you can trust someone to help you in, in certain areas. Maybe that's you this summer. Now, tonight we're talking about serving. And so um, I want to maybe throw an idea your way. Some of you 
um, already serve in various ways in our church. But um, a lot of you don't. And our church wants you to know that we love the idea of you serving. So I've talked to Frazee, who leads our preschool department. And I've talked to Tyler, who leads our kids department. And they are ready and willing to have middle school and high school students come and help. And I'm talking like one Sunday a week. I'm sorry, one Sunday a month to start. A lot of you do it one Sunday a week or one every Sunday. That would be a better way to say that. Um, A lot of you serve in preschool or kids. And maybe some of you serve in different ways. And listen, no one is expecting you to know the whole Bible because you're going to have to teach it. You're probably not going to teach for years, okay? Now, if you're going to teach, you're going to teach a Bible lesson to little preschoolers, right? How old are your kids, Eric? Five and three. Are they Bible scholars? (laughs) He said, no. (laughs) Um, But how many of you would say, you know what? We studied like the... um, the Jonah, the whole Jonah story. I feel like I could teach a Bible lesson about Jonah. Yeah, like some of you could do that. I've studied enough about Jesus that I feel like I, if they handed you a piece of paper and said, here's, you're going to read a verse and you're going to tell them how much Jesus loves them. And you know what's crazy? Let me just kind of blow your mind for a second because I showed you a picture of a hero of mine who is by and large the reason I'm here right now, right? By and large the reason... I am involved in ministry and then I'm passionate about the Bible and I'm passionate about helping students learn like Jesus. You guys, how many of you would say, I'm not asking you to name names, how many of you would say there's someone who has been a, an influential leader in your life who has kind of shown you the example of what this looks like in this church? So many of you. You've got a leader up in the hub. Or maybe you're like, man, I can remember all the way back to when I was in kids ministry. And there was a leader who walked in and, and, and made the Bible come alive. And, and never made me feel stupid for not knowing the Bible. And never made me feel stupid about not knowing the details. You can take some of that and be that for somebody else. And I think what will happen is it might unlock something inside of you because I guarantee you it's not, it, it'll become um, fun and not work. Some of you would even be honest and say like, listen, if you're going to tell me I have to serve in like preschool ministry, that sounds like work. I'd rather clean my room than serve in preschool ministry. And maybe that's not for you. You know what's fun about like serving and using your spiritual gifts is that God has given you gifts to serve people in a way that like, man, it's like you love it. I, for example, love student ministry. If you ask me to do kids ministry, punch me in the face. I'd rather stab myself and dig my eyes out with a wooden rusty spoon, which is not even a thing because wood doesn't rust. But I'm just saying like, I'm not interested, I'm good, right? Preschool ministry, no, I'm good. But student ministry makes me come alive. Like I love this. Now, you're not old enough to serve in student ministry. Why? Because you're students. But if you are, now I'll tell this, if you're a sixth grader in here, I would prefer that you wait to serve in kids ministry. Shh, 
Can we stop? Thank you. Um, I'd prefer that you wait to serve in kids' ministry because you were kind of just there. Can we please stop? Thank you. Um, but if you are in sixth grader, you're a sixth grader, you're fully welcome to serve in the preschool. But if you're like in seventh grade, like you can serve in, in first kids. Frazee and Tyler have said, absolutely. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. These cards are at the tables behind you or to, the, to your sides. And in just a moment, we're going to bring the house lights up. And there's two sides to this, okay? This uh, red side is for you. And you're going to circle which habit you want to commit to. Let me just pause real quick. You don't have to do this. This is an option. This is an option. But if you want to try something, and you don't even have to try serving. You're like, ooh, serving preschool kids doesn't sound very fun to me. I mean, you could be a well, like you could be a greeter. I, if you want to serve in some way and you don't see something, man, just write it down and just, and we'll chat, okay? So, but I've written some ideas here. And this red side, you're going to keep because there's a signature. And I want you to keep it because if you're going to commit to something, I, I'm not saying I want to know so I can like call you every, did you do your homework? That's not what I'm after. This blue side is for you to fill out. You're going to give this part to me. And that means I can help you through the summer. Some of you are going to be like, hey, I tried this prayer thing out. This is like not going well. And I would love to be like, let me help. Because no one knows how to pray right at the very beginning. No one knows how to pray. How are you supposed to know? No one knows how to read the Bible for the first time. You have to be taught. It's, that's why we're here, okay? So I'm going to give you an option in just a moment to stand up. We're going to stay seated until I say go. And you're going to go over there if you want. If you don't want, you just stay right where you are, and that is all good. But you're going to fill this out, and then there's some scissors that Eli is going to help us with. In fact, I think Eli is going to be the one to do the cutting. And maybe, Christy, if you could help me out, because scissors in middle school's hands, scary. Um, so <laughs> you can use the little preschool ones that couldn't even like hurt a, a fly. Um, but this blue side is going to get turned into me, and that's so I can help you. This isn't homework. This red side is for you to keep. It's going to kind of like look like a bookmark that you can put in your Bible as a reminder this summer, okay? Because again, this is the last worship service for the school year, and I want to give you something to remember your commitment by, okay? Now, here's the other side of this. If you want to do one of these, or if you're like, I don't even care about a habit, but I really want to vote on how we punish Mark, fine, whatever. You're doing it for the wrong reason, but I will let you. Um, you're going to turn this blue side in, and if you want to vote on some punishments on the back, you can. Let me give you a couple ideas on what I think is going to float to the top. By the way, Eli last week said he wants to join me in my challenge. I don't even think I caught you up on the challenge. If you haven't been here, what I've said is I want you to do these over the course of the summer and over maybe the, the whole school, next school year to grow because when you grow, slowly you don't like see it. And what I said is, you know what else? Like, I want you guys to grow spiritually, and I want me to grow in my physical, like, health. And so some of you are hearing this for the first time. I've done a challenge. Like, I'm going to work on my own physical health, something I very much need to do. Um, and so I've been making a lot of healthy de uh, decisions on, like, food and stuff like that since May 1st. Uh, and I committed, starting on May 1st, to lose 50 pounds over the next 12 months. 
So when you come back, like from Fuse, I'm hoping I'm skinnier. I should be skinnier. Um, but I'm going to, over the course of the next 12 months, and here's what's crazy. I've already lost almost 10. So I'm going to make it 60, okay? Because I was like really good uh, at the start, and so I want we're going to lose 60. I asked Christy, if she, I thought she was going to be like, slow down. She was like, no, that sounds good. <laughs> it was like, okay, gotcha. Um, so anyway, here's the deal. If I don't lose 60 pounds by the end of May 2023, there's a list of punishments that are going to come in my direction, okay? And they're going to be um, like uh, stair-stepped. If I lose like almost all the weight, I'll eat uh, like super hot chicken wings, like the hot ones challenge. If I lose like, if I lose like 40 pounds, if I lose 40 pounds, I'll do that and I'll shave my head. If I do lose only 30 pounds, I'll do all that and I'll get a spray tan. Um, <laughs> um, Chris Lede said, like, if I lose almost none of the weight, I should have to get like a, a, a temporary face tattoo and then do the announcements on Sunday morning. Um, and then today, Tyler Scott said, I don't even know if I can say this word in church. Are we recording? We're recording. Okay. So he suggested I get what's called a tramp stamp. I don't know if you're aware of what those are. Temporary, because the church can't sanction uh, maybe tattoos uh, in a public setting. But like a tattoo right here in the small of my back, maybe like a flower or something very not manly. Um, I don't know. But you get to vote. So if you're like, if you're like, that is the reason I'm here, then you go choose. Now, the only way you get to vote, and listen, I want you all to listen to me. This is the honor system. The only way you can vote is if you commit, and, and I mean if you commit to try out a habit this summer, okay? So if you'll commit to trying one of those, you fill that out, give, give one side to me, and keep the bookmark side that you're supposed to keep with the signature on it. But you can write the punishment on the back of the blue side. You have a question? Can you what? A reward? Like what happens if I do? Absolutely you can. So along those lines, um, Chris Lede also had a good idea. Is that a green light? Is that a thumbs up? So last week Eli said he would get punished along with me. If I only lose 20 pounds and like I get like all that punishment, he gets it too. I think this is an, a better idea. Let's say I lose 50 pounds and I have that little punishment. Well, I think it would be more fun for the reward to punish him with all the bad stuff. Okay, now, and he's, he just gave me the green light, okay? But if I only lose 10 pounds... I get all the bad stuff, okay? So Eli has gracious. This, by the way, this is service right here. He's literally putting his body out there for surrender to, to punish himself. If I, um, So here's the thing. I am for sure going to lose the weight because I need to in a big way just to be a healthy uh, husband and father. And so he's going to get punished. So you have to come back to Fuse because it's going to be great. So um, little by little, I'll give you updates. But listen, I want this to be like a like a like a visible representation of something that's going to be happening spiritually inside of you. Because I'm going to grow spiritually. I want you to grow spiritually. 
So over the course of the year, you might not see the difference, but then by the end of the year, we're going to put like the side-by-side photo. Kind of like you just saw, some of you were just like, what? Mark used to look like that? That doesn't even look like him. Anyone had that reaction? Yeah, I get it. I get it. So that's it. Now, can we bring the the lights up? Maybe a little bit of house music. Um, The commitment cards are over there. You go fill it out. This is up to you right now. And then we'll spend about the next uh, three minutes doing that. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll spend about the next three minutes doing that. There should be plenty of pens and all that stuff. And then you can go to Christy or Eli to cut that thing in half so that you can give me the other piece.